Glory to God. Good to see you this morning. If I hadn't said hi, hi. And uh, we're going to have a great day today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. want to make announce- a few announcements. Brother Kelly winded up really good. But uh, Wednesday night at 7, we start the awe of God, which is going to be for seven weeks, six weeks, I'm sorry, six weeks. So we start and we'll finish at the end of May on Wednesday nights only. There are books available. See Reverend Kelly there, and uh, he'll uh, fix you up with one. Uh, Reimbursement to the church is $20. Pay whatever you can, and I enjoy one of those because you want to get it today because you'll need to double up a little bit um, for Wednesday night. Here's what we're doing. The book has six six sections with seven chapters. Each chapter is only about five, six pages long. I think most of them are six, including the introduction page, which has like 10 words on it. Uh, it, It's short enough for men to be able to read it. Uh, uh, So uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to ask you to read uh, one chapter per day. Like I say, five, six pages. And if you'll do that every day for a week, that'll complete seven chapters, which will complete a section, and then we'll discuss the section the next Wednesday night. So we're going to discuss the first section this Wednesday night. So we have to ask you to strain and read two each day before Wednesday night. Oh, my goodness. Uh, This book will literally change your outlook, your perspective, refresh those things that you know that you're not doing. It's called the awe awe of God for a reason. And John Bevere wrote it. Uh, I love his books because he always tears you down, then he builds you up. Some people, all they do is build you up, there's nothing to build, and others tear you down, leave you there. But he, sh- he points out some things that we need to consider, and then he will give us helpful answers according to the Word of God, not some progressive Christian's mindset that Jesus died on the cross so that we could empathize with the less fortunate. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the cross, it happens at the cross for us. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a message next Sunday morning entitled, How Progressive Are You? There's a a new entrance into the body of Christ in progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity at all. I want to bring some of those things out so uh, you can be aware of those things and also uh, help others that may be in one of those situations. Folks, it's, it's it's a Trojan horse. And it's coming in and it's getting inside the church and it's tearing away everything that the Bible says just about. And it does it so sweet. So I just want you to really be here. Bring somebody in. Maybe you have a friend that's into that movement. Uh, If they're denying the word of God is the word of God, if they're denying the cross for something other than what it was for, then that's a a good sign. Flag! 
And we want to help those people get back to the basics of Christianity. Uh, also, uh, the week after that, uh, we're going to be preaching a message called Even the Atheists Believe This. In fact, they have to, to be an atheist. But you're going to find something there that uh, we an atheist actually agree on. And it's relevant to today's culture. And so we're going to do those for a couple of meetings. Pastor Kelly will be doing uh, the one after that. We're going to have a, a Wednesday night. We are skipping one week from the awe of God, the last Wednesday of the month. We are having worship night, prayer and worship. And we'll also have meetings Thursday night and Friday night after that Wednesday night. That's not this week. That's the following week. Okay. We're going to have three nights in a row. Oh, I don't think I can do that. Do y'all have any popcorn available? If that's what it takes to get you here, honey, just tell us we'll have popcorn. Okay? Because it's kind of a, um, a casual meeting as far as the environment goes, but it's very meaningful in reality. And then the Thursday night, Friday night, we're going to do a very short teaching those nights. Uh, we're opening the doors for evangelism and revival, awakening, whatever God wants to do. So we're doing that kind of just as our opportunity to say, come one, come all. That Thursday and Friday night will be great nights to bring somebody that is sitting on the outer hinges. So folks, we, we've, we have people to reach and you know we don't need to go after the people that are so adamantly opposed. There's so many of them in the middle yes. between the reality of a real Christian's life and the Antichrist. Yes. There's so many in the middle. Yes. And those people make better targets. Uh, they're open. They, they need help. Yes. Um, I, I, we're having some things happen with, on the uh, Monday, Friday that's just awesome. Uh, during the day and stuff where people want to be married, uh, people who uh, need some help and uh, yeah. deliverance and freedom. Yeah. Some of those things are happening and it's exciting. Yes. Takes me back to the late 80s when I was a youth pastor and youth evangelist and the, come one, come all. And we started casting demons out and telling them about Jesus, praise yeah. God. And by the way, I understand that there are certain people that are actually in this body that believe in casting devils out and had a part to do in that last week. Yeah. Praise God. And see, the word gets around. Yeah. yeah, that little angel sits on your shoulder telling me all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I got a phone call over that one. It was a rejoicing phone call. It wasn't a, you sure are weird casting them devils out of people. No, it was like, man, that was great. So uh, we praise the Lord for it and thanks that's the way the body of Christ is. Remember, Pastor Kelly and I are here to help equip you. And you need to visit the sick. You need to visit the hospital. You need to talk to your next door neighbor. You need to share all the things that God puts in your heart. And not be condemned about it. If you want to go out and preach on the streets, I will pat you on the back. But we're not asking you to do that. We're asking you just in your world. Every day you'll see somebody that needs Jesus. It may be a pat on the back. It may be passing on a name to somebody else or a book or whatever. But just be open to that because you are a minister of 
reconciliation according to the Bible, and you are an ambassador for Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So get on the ball. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we are... Uh, we are using a subtitle in our next, uh, some of the, the, the uh, messages that we send out stuff for the next few weeks. And it's going to be preaching revelational truth firmly grounded in the word as seen through the eyes of Orthodox Christianity. So revelational truth. It's not just, here's what you need to do to be a good Christian. You need to blah, 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 blah. No, that's not it. You know better than that. Um, it's, it's the life of Christ in you. It's being a disciple of Jesus. That's where we get set free and stay free. It, it's also seen through the eyes of Orthodox Christianity, which has nothing to do with tra traditional services and how they're handled. It's everything to do with traditional Orthodox Christianity and the things that Christianity stands for. Yeah. Things like, you know, we believe in the Trinity. Yes. Things like Jesus is God. Things like the Word of God is true in all that it affirms. Yes. You know, the things that are important to us on our everyday lives yes. and important to you and your kids, your grandkids, all the people that you run across during the, the day and everything, it's, it's so, so good. Yes. So I'm trying to save one thing that happened with me this last week about a guy wearing his cross and the conversation we had. It was good. Yeah. But it got him a little bit out of his comfort zone and uh, into the sharing zone. And it's amazing what you can do when you start using simple little things. This just kind of like says, yeah. uh, by the way, I'm telephone here and I'm here to let you know about Jesus. Yes. Now, people ask me, just like this guy was wearing a cross and I asked him what it meant to him. And that opened up a whole conversation do you know people that are not saved wear crosses? Yeah. It's a decoration. Yeah. Okay? Now, I'm not saying this guy wasn't saved, because I believe he was. But so many people do that because, well, my granny gave that to me when I was six years old, and I've just been wearing it. Yeah. Hey, maybe your granny's been praying for you, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for opening our hearts, our eyes, our ears to be able to understand, see and hear the word of the living God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for manifesting Jesus in our presence today. We thank you. We praise you for that. We thank you that the awe of God is resident in our hearts and in our environment. And we are awestruck at your love, care, truth, and all of the things that you have for us. Come, kingdom, will of the Father be established in our lives this very day in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, uh, healing is healing for today. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about this. Healing for, you know. Part three. As I told you before, we're doing one message is healing for today, each uh, one message, one Sunday in each month. So this is month three. Uh, we had February, March, and this is April? Oh my goodness. Where's the April showers, by the way? That song's have to change for the April winds. But uh, anyway, let's start off with a quick review 
on what we've talked about the last couple of months because we all need to have this over and over and over in us until we actually own it, praise God. Uh, part one, we talked about 2 Kings chapter 5 and Naaman and the prophet Elisha. Naaman was uh, like a brigadier general or something like that. Maybe he was even a general of the army. He was uh, a head dude there. And he had leprosy. And someone told him about this prophet in Israel. He was not a, he was not a Jew. And he, he wanted to get healed of his leprosy. And he came and Elisha sent his servant to talk to him. That ticked him off. And then he said, go dip in the Jordan for seven, seven times and you'll be healed. That really ticked him off because the Jordan looked like a, well, never mind it, what it looked like. It wasn't clean. Okay. I've got to be careful there, Vanessa, so I don't use some of your language there. <laughs> Inside joke there. But anyway, Naaman finally, finally did what the prophet told him to do. And by the way, he bought $4 million worth of gold and silver to give to Elisha. And Elisha didn't even stop what he's doing and shake his hand. The man of God, I tell you what. He's probably praying for you. <laughs> you know, one of those things. I don't know what he was doing, but that was what I, I do know that he was doing the will of God and then what the Lord told him to do. And, and that, that's wonderful. You know, if people, certain preachers, get on my soapbox a little bit, would stop wanting to see people healed so they could get gold and silver and start doing it for the people and for the glory of God to be made evident, we may see some more healings. Moving right along. We know that Naaman obeyed the word of the Lord. That's a novel idea, isn't it? He believed. And you know, in the Greek, New Testament, Believe and faith are the same word often. Pistos. When you obey the word, believing it in faith, you shall receive the promise of God. Okay, moving right along, we talked about Exodus 15, 26, where uh, the Lord said, I am the Lord that heals you. He's talking to Moses about the people and the conditions that were happening in uh, Israel on the Exodus as they were walking through their 40 years. Uh, and the Lord told Moses that you're going to need obedience to the words that I've given you, not just about this particular word, but about a lot of different things that I have been sharing with you. And if you people will obey me, then you will see that I am the Lord that heals you. I'm Yahweh Rapha. Yeah. And that's what's important today. And we know that God hadn't changed. So come on, somebody. Healing is for today. Hallelujah. It takes obedience to the word. That's the key that unlocks it. Well, should I, why should I believe that God really said that? Hey, that's a good question. Thank, whoever asked that, thank you. Would you hold it for a little bit and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, okay? Don't let me forget. And we also talked about Exodus 23. Pick up just a couple of verses there. 
that we did in detail previously. And I don't know if you picked up this. I don't think I mentioned it when I read it two months ago. But Exodus 23, 25, worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. What's he talking about there? Something that a lot of us do and some of us should. Some of us do it every time and some of us do it every now and then. Some of us may not be doing it at all. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. Reminds me of the New Testament that says, whatsoever you receive with thanks, the word and prayer will be sanctified. He's talking about blessing the meal. Isn't that a novel idea? And not just like when I was growing up, we got a blessing on the meal, lunch Sunday. And it had to wait till next week to get another one. My, my parents just didn't know. They were in church every Sunday. Nobody ever shared that. Well, I'm telling you right now, you ought to bless your food because you got to eat it. You ought to bless the, whatever you're drinking. You got to eat it, drink it. That's give worship to God. Give thanksgiving to God. Let him know I appreciate the fact that I have food and drink. And I appreciate the fact that it's whole. And guess what? He'll take away sickness from among you. You've probably heard somebody that was praying it sometime and they blessing the meal and they say, and thank you that you take sickness away from us. Yes. That's where they got it. Yes. The Bible. Yes. Isn't that novel? Yes. Oh, praise God. I'm having fun. I don't know about you. We also talked about Psalms 91. You know, all of us should declare this scripture in our life lots, even daily. And I want to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it, but I want to go through Psalms 91 this morning as, as a remembrance to you from two months ago. Own this chapter. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. They say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. What do we do now? Did I mess up? Mike messed up? Okay, well, it's... Okay, thank you. Appreciate you taking care of me. I can shout louder on this one anyway, I think. You know, we, we, we let Kelly use a mic. He doesn't need one. I told him that one day, and he says, well, you're pretty vocal and broadcasting too, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Verse 3. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Here are a lot of talks about these new pestilences that are coming to us. Not in my house, not in my property, not in this church. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, 
nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. I like that because it personalizes it. Sickness came from devil, the devil. And he is stalking in the darkness, trying to come and make you sick. But you know better than that. Nor the plague that destroys at midday. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Obey the word, believe, walk in faith. You will only observe with your eyes and ears to see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster. Other translations say, no plague will come near your tent. By the way, that works for your house. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You won't even stub your toe. Verse 13, you will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Verse 14, because they love me, says the Lord, I will rescue them. I will protect them, for they acknowledge my name. They will call on me, and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will deliver them and honor them. God's going to honor you. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. That's my daddy. And we did other scriptural references, too. Just want to encourage you, part one, part two, or both on our YouTube channel as well as our website. <coughs> so you can, you can pick those up. And, and hey, you feel a little something trying to attack you? That's a good time to open up one of those. Get your Bible out. Follow up with it. Put, put the video on pause. Study it. Cross-reference it. Declare it over your life, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your neighbor, your work people that you work with, who you go to school with, all of those over your enemies that they may see the mighty hand of God in their life. God did that. Part two. We did all of Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53. Have I ever told you all I have a great-grandson named Isaiah? I thought I'd mentioned it maybe once before, but anyway. I have a great-grandson by the name of Isaiah. Isn't that cool? The prophet of God, five months old and working on being a prophet. Hallelujah. May the anointing carry out the will of God in his life. Let's pick up out of the, the following out of the passage to kind of warm up your memory a little bit. Um, I ha- hate to, I hesitate to share all of Isaiah 52 and 53 again. It's on the video that we did last month. It's the heart of the gospel. By the way, somebody asks you what the gospel is. Can you put that in words and give it to them, or are you going to go, uh, uh, here's my preacher's phone number, go give him a call? Or uh, just admit, let me let me let me look that up in the Bible to see what is that Old Testament or New Testament or Romans one sixteen. 
the Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to all who believe, first the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's really difficult after that. It's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is God. Is it getting hard enough for you already? And that he will reward those. Reward those who come to him. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah in this church building. Well, praise God. Okay, now for the part of Isaiah 53 with the disclaimer, and this is a very important disclaimer. I'm leaving a lot of what we talked out about what we talked about out because you, you can pick that up. But I'm not doing any less scripture to leave anything that wouldn't change what I'm getting ready to say out. I want you to understand that because I know a lot of times I do sections of scripture and we've done that and we're just going to bring out a little bit of it so we can jump over to the New Testament. Um, there's, there's a lot of Hebrew clarification and expansion in last month's message, okay? We, we really broke it down and let it, the whole, whole thing come to life. Isaiah 53.3. See, last month we did Isaiah 52 and all of 53. He, talking about Jesus, this is the prophet Isaiah talking about Jesus 500 years, 550 maybe, before he came to earth in the form of a person. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we were, are healed. They were looking forward to the cross to be healed. We look back to the cross for the same reason. And I'll prove to you in just a minute that's New Testament. Verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. How many have in his place besides me have ever sinned. I want to see if there's anybody's hand not up because I'm going to be looking. Okay. Okay, you got to tell the truth, church. Verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. 
Yet who of his generation protested? Hmm. Supposed to press a uh, protest wrongdoing. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you for your enthusiasm. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. Verse 9, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. It makes no difference, sins, iniquities, transgressions. He's got it all covered. All we need to do is put our trust in him and ask for his forgiveness in a sincere heart. And he will forget all of the wrongdoing that we're doing, we've done. So now we have some questions to answer in part three. So what? How does the Old Testament scriptures pertain to us today? Good question. Next, why do you say it counts for us today? I tried it. It didn't work for me. Another one. How come more pastors don't preach healing for today? And another one, well, I know someone who's a real saint, and they died even though they had prayed for healing. How come if there's healing today? Okay, I'm glad you asked those questions. Let's go to the New Testament on the other side of the cross. Matthew 8, 14. Matthew 8, 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in a bed with a fever. Luke says a high fever or a strong fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. That spirit went out the door. Don't you come back no more. And she got up and began to wait on him. She took, she served him. Oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. Let's get up and get after it now. <clears throat> Verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. Well, that's over there in those days and everything. We don't have that in America anymore. I think I'm talking to one right there, sir. Now, don't do that, okay? <laughs> but it's real. And demon-possessed people walk on this earth in the U.S. today. And if they're actually possessed, not just oppressed, but possessed, they're going to need help to be able to get free from that. Not saying that those who are oppressed don't need some help too, but it's if you've got your soul possessed by a demon which... Christians can have soul possession. Their spirit won't be, but their soul will be. They need help. My uh, Indian friends and 
Durban, South Africa, when they lead a Hindu to the Lord, told me they always set up three counseling meetings afterwards to deal with the demons they have. Standard procedure, and some of them need more than three. Verse 16, 8, 16 in Matthew. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. That this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. I tell you all, I have a great-grandson named Isaiah. Okay, okay. He, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases, is the way the NIV puts it, which is a quote right out of Isaiah 53.4, which affirms Isaiah 53.4 and everything in that passage part. It confirms the same word that the Israelites got under the old covenant. And we have a new covenant based on better promises. Jesus and the Father have made a covenant together and Christ is in us. We get all the benefits of the covenant because Jesus is the one who earned it. Not your old ugly face, yeah. Be nice, Pastor Dan. <clears throat> well, I thought it, you know, never mind. When Peter was speaking to slaves, he shared the following along with other Christian lifestyle witness. In other words, what our witness should produce, the fruit. 1 Peter 2.23. 1 Peter 2.23. When they hurled their insert, inserts, insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. I'm going to get you. Well, he could have. Oh, my gosh. He didn't do that. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, his father. Verse 24 he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I love it. Isaiah 53 again. Both Matthew and Peter Quote Isaiah 53 as being true for today. Praise God. What about some of our questions? Isn't it interesting that the center point of the Old Testament is the center point of the New Testament? The gospel. Yes, the pinnacle, if you would. Everything is in the Bible for this thing called death, life, and resurrection where God himself stepped into a human body retaining the fact that he was God but not walking in that. Instead, he walked by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, Acts 10, 38 says. Be quiet, Dan. It's supposed to be for next month. Okay. Well, those of you that are here today get a little bit of a brief on that. You deserve it. The rest of them, don't even let them know. Yeah. 
Okay, Mark chapter 6, and we'll be closing here in a few minutes, maybe. A few minutes, what's that? An hour? <laughs> Just joking. If you're watching on YouTube, you ought to be here. Yeah, you sure should. If you live in Oklahoma City, now, if you live in New York or California, we're praying for you. Mark 6, 1. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Many who heard him. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? The brother of James and Joseph and Judas and that one that had an S name, yeah, Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. The word of God is true regardless of whose mouth it's coming out of. If it's a, or if it's a man, a woman, a child, somebody of a different background than what you have, you never can tell. If God used a donkey, he can use you. And somebody else. You know, we may have Josiah in here someday just laying hands on people and every one of them just getting instantly healed. You know? By the way, those of you who don't know Josiah, you need to meet him today. He's back there in the children's deal. Ten years old, man of God. Praise God. I love it. I love it. Verse 4. Mark 6, 4, Jesus said to them, Only in their own towns, among the relatives, and in their own homes are prophets without honor. Would you recognize the man or woman of God that you grew up with next door? If they were a man or woman of God. If they did come and give you a word of edification or admonishment or a sweet, lovely rebuke? Would you? Good question for all of us. Verse 5, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people, sick people and heal them. Some translations say a few sickly people. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The N.T. Wright translation says, Prophets have honor everywhere, said Jesus, except in their own country, their own family, their own home. He couldn't do anything remarkable there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. Their unbelief dumbfounded him. Put that in your spiritual pipe and smoke it. God was dumbfounded. The Weiss translation in Mark 6, 2b, 
the many hearing were completely flabbergasted. But see, they turned around and started picking on him too. That's, that's the way people do. Mark 6, 5, He was not able to do there even one work of power except that he laid his hands on a few sickly ones and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. There's one thing I want to clarify in Scripture. We use the NIV a lot, the TNIV, uh, because it's a thought translation. Sometimes I want to make sure that there's a specific word that they may be translating the thought and may be overlooking a specific meaning in a particular word. And that's the case in this verse. Now, if you're able to pick it up, and I want to go back uh, on verse 6, NIV says lack of faith. N.T. Wright says unbelief. Weist says unbelief. Okay? And there's the reason I want to make this perfectly clear. You get over into... uh, Hebrews, and you'll see lack of faith talked about, and then you'll see unbelief talked about. And lack of faith is less than what unbelief is in the Greek. Okay? God said exactly what we just read, that he couldn't heal people or do great wonders. But we know he did. Why was this a true statement? Because without faith... It's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, allow me to point out a couple of points here. Hebrews eleven six talked about Enoch. Remember the guy in the Old Testament? who was and there was no more. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who was an evangelist and missionary, and they named their older one Enoch. And he says, the only thing after we named him that, we didn't think about it, we could go in there in the crib, he's just gone, you know. <laughs> uh, praise God. But those, because those two words are different, and they're translated differently here, but it's the same word. There's a Greek word, uh, apostatia, which is translated unbelief. And it says, it's, it's actually, there's a misprint here in my notes. It's actually lack of faith. It's translated lack of faith, apostia. Strong says it's literally meaning faithfulness, faithfulessness. It's negative, disbelief, lack of Christian faith, or positively unfaithfulness or disobedience. Now, apotheo is to disbelieve willfully and perversely not believe, disobedient, obeying not, unbelieving. It's a lot more serious. So he was amazed that their unbelief is correct. Like I said, 
from the NT right and from the Weist translation. It's, that's serious. I don't care what the Word of God says anyway. I just don't believe it. Well, that's your problem, buddy, not mine. But there are people like that. Now, they, they may not be outspoken like that, but I've had people tell me that before. That ain't the Word of God. It's been changed here, there, and you got all these different translations and stuff. Don't believe that stuff. It's not true. We have manuscripts that go back to the first century that can be translated and that agree with the things that were written later. In other words, we may not have every single solitary word that was written by, say, 60 A.D., which most of the New Testament had to be written there right after it originally, but we have enough to prove and match it up with this is the word of the living God. God's big enough to get a book in your hand so you'll have operating instructions. Praise God. I've used that in a lot of people. You know, they're going to come off strong and I'll say, you don't think God didn't give us an owner's manual? He certainly did. Got a copy of the covenant? Yep, old and new both. And I don't care what you say, this ain't hurting nobody but you. For me and my house will serve the Lord. Amen. No other way. Peter said it best. Lord, where shall we go? You have the word of life. And you're not talking about life like a plant. He's talking to life like God. Zoe. Remember, I asked you to remember the thought when we touched upon Exodus 15, 26. We said at that time that the key was obedience. Well, remember what happened to Nahum? Naaman, I mean. Besides him being healed, question for you now. You've been asking me questions all morning. What happened to Naaman back there when Elisha was around? Told him to go dip in the, the river, the dirty, slimy, filthy, ugly sewer pit river, the Jordan. When you have leprosy, scaly, crackly, broken open sores, that doesn't make sense to your little old pea brain. But God's asking for faith. And he asked Naaman to believe the word of God over what he saw with his own eyes. Now, I'm not trying to bring across there something you just go jump off a building and see if it works or not. Jesus had that opportunity, and he rebuked him because that was tempting God. But when God does come to you and says something emphatically, you need to test the spirit, test the word, and do what God's telling you to do. God's got miracles today, folks. We don't want to shut the door to him. I know you don't. I certainly don't. But what happened to Naaman other than him just getting completely made whole? One very, 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 everybody say very. very. Good job. Important thing. He converted 
He became a believer. It's in the Word. He became a believer. How many people do you think might turn to God wholly, entirely, if something great happened to them? Now, that's not to say we're, if God does a miracle, you can get saved, and if he doesn't, you can't. No, no, no. But it is saying that when you see that or when you experience that, a miracle, that you just want to cuddle up in his arms and stay there. It wasn't a healing that brought me to the Lord. It was a deliverance. I didn't have to go to those AA meetings to get set free. By his grace, not in myself. And when I got free and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my life went choo. That's a drag strip, okay. I mean, moved right along because God had opened the door of my heart and said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. Let me in. That's an old song, by the way. You ain't heard that yet, have you? Okay. That goes back to the 50s when I was, before I was born almost. It's my brother's song playing it. You know, he was older than me. He converted, became a real Israelite, the head of the army, the one with all the stars on his shoulders. He didn't care what anybody thought or believed. He had this miracle happen, something that no doctor could do, no medicine could do, no you know, positive mental attitude could do. It was a hand of God on his life. The hand of God is on your life. Are you inviting him in to the fullest? Are you just getting enough from Jesus Christ so that you can be born again and saved and stay around, you know? No, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to have your mind renewed to the Word of God. You need to be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's what tomorrow's all about, praise God. It's helping you get there. Glory to God. You cold, Cammy? I put the air conditioner on 40 a while ago. So. <laughs> Obedience to the word, believing, and faith. Just falling right along. See, Kelly's trying to be nice to you. I'd turn it down to 30 if I were you. <laughs> That's two more reasons that healing is for today. The New Testament supports the Old Testament. Okay? Of all the scriptures in the Old Testament concerning healing, the New Testament supports them. You know, you can say, look at it this way. Chronologically speaking, Garden of Eden, cross, today. When the Word comes into the cross, three things, one of three things will happen, okay? It will either let it flow like healing 
and be confirmed in the New Testament like healing. Okay? Nine of the ten uh, commandments are confirmed in the New Testament. The Sabbath is not. Jesus said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, and the first church met on Sundays. But the other nine, Jesus actually said, I got news for you guys. That's a good idea, but that's not enough. (laughs) This is what counts. But when it comes to the cross, it can go through, and it is confirmed. Sometimes it's rejected. We no longer have to sacrifice animals for covering of sin. It's been done. So that's off. Some of the things change from physical to spiritual. Circumcision is not of the flesh, it's of the heart. And that's an example of that. So it either stops it or it changes it from physical to spiritual or it says, yep, that's true and you need to do it today. So the New Testament confirms healing from the Old Testament. Okay, number one. And number two, the other ingredient that so many people miss is faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The new, uh, I love the NIV out there in, in Romans, uh, what is it, 1010? 10? Um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message of Christ. In other words, if you need healing, get into healing scriptures. Okay, if you need, if you have financial issues, get into prosperity and that God will, my God, supply supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And maybe you need to make a little contribution to the work of the Lord, whatever God tells you to do. Okay, maybe you need to learn the power and the tithe. Maybe you already know the power and the tithe and you just keep on adding it on. That's up to you. It's between you and God. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I was looking at my 26-year-old refrigerator yesterday that just runs like a charm. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Still going. What we have here is an opportunity to see our lives changed. Instead of going to the doctor first, Get your confession lined up with the Word of God. Get your heart lined up with the Word of God. That's the reason it's so important to have our mind renewed to what the good, well-pleasing, and perfect will of God is. Because if we don't hear it, how are we going to believe it? And here's something else that also says in Romans 10, and if you don't have somebody sharing that with you, speaking it to you, preaching to you, how will you know that it's true? That's part of my responsibility to you is to tell you the truth. It's your responsibility to do with it what's in your heart, which should be, you know, that glorifies God. My healing, it glorifies God. It's, yeah, you can use it selfishly, but it glorifies God. You can talk about Him. My deliverance is not something that, you know... My, my mother, when she heard me first say that, she wasn't real proud of me saying that, that I used to be an alcoholic. She was just glad that I wasn't anymore, okay? Now, my wife, oh, yeah, she'd jump up and click her heels in the air. <laughs> she was so glad. 
Because <laughs> she was the one living with me, and she knew what was going on. Yeah. Praise God. God is the one that did that. It wasn't me. It was him. Now, I had faith in him at my level of faith at that time. And he has given me the grace to grow and to believe for greater things and other things and for people and for things, you know, stuff that needs to be done. I'm not talking about just material things. I'm talking about stuff, spiritual stuff needs to be done. And it's, it's been a fun ride. And I'm still on the same horse. Okay, I ain't getting off yet. Praise God. You got to get past that 100 mark first. And then we start thinking about it, right? By the grace of God. Okay. Praise God. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we think that you are a miracle-working God. You are a healing God. You are the God that sent Jesus, your only begotten Son, to the cross. And we thank you that the scourging, the stripes on his back, bought and paid throughout all eternity our healing. Thank you, Lord, that by his stripes we were healed. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Who his own self bore my sins on the cross, that I being dead to sin should live into righteousness, and by whose stripes I was healed. Those are the confessions that you need to make. Thank you, Father, for sending your word and healing me. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. You're, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Yes. Oh, God, you're so wonderful. You are Yireh Rapha, the Lord who heals us. Thank you, Lord. And this gospel includes, of course, Jesus as the cornerstone. It includes, of course, to be made a new creation, that the old would be gone, that the new would be manifest in us, that we would be born again by the Spirit of the living God because Jesus Christ bore our penalties on the tree. Jesus Christ did everything necessary to save every person on this earth any person that's walked on this earth, any person that would walk on this earth, any person that's walking today, today's the day of your salvation if you've not been born again. We at Church of Tomorrow are going to say a prayer, a meaningful prayer, not just a real quick remedition of what we think that uh, we ought to say. But we're going to say one in belief. And you, you on YouTube, we want you to say this right along with us if you believe it in your heart. Because if you don't believe it in your heart, if you're not willing to repent of your past, if you're not willing to make Jesus the Lord, the boss of your life, then it's offered just a wasted time. We have to be real with Jesus. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart better than we do. If you are ready to give it to Him the best you can, we invite you to. Pray along with us this morning as we make an open declaration of our salvation to Jesus Christ. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, I am sorry for my sins. I have been a sinner. I've made many of them. But I know 
that Jesus came to set me free. I put my trust and confidence in Jesus Christ to be the boss, the Lord, the Savior, and the Redeemer of my life. I thank you that according to your word, by confessing Jesus as Lord and believing in my heart that you, God, raised Jesus from the dead is all that I need to recognize Jesus and to be born again, a new creation, to know the old's gone, and behold, all things have become new. In the name of Jesus, I pray. According to your word, I have been born again. I am saved. Amen and amen. Praise God, somebody. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. One more thing. We talked about healing today. God's ready to heal you. No matter what you need, God's ready to heal you. If you need healing in your physical body, if you need deliverance in your mind, I want you to stand up. Everybody else retain seated. But I want you to stand up if you need a touch from God today to be healed in your body, to be healed in your mind for any reason I want you to stand up. Go right ahead. And I'm going to ask other people, brothers and sisters in the Lord, to come and lay hands on these four people and anybody else that stands up. Pray the prayer of faith over them. Pray for God to do a great and wonderful thing. Go for it. God, I thank you the words of wisdom are flowing through each person here today to be able to share with others the healing virtue, the manifestation of healing grace, the release of the anointing of God to heal, to set free, to make new, to fix that which is broken, to replace that which is broken that needs replacement. Nothing's too big for you. Nothing's too much to ask from you. Jesus took care of it all already. And we unite our faith in the prayer of agreement to each and every person to let them know that we know that you love them, we love them, and we're believing for the very best in their life. There's nothing in heaven that says lack or disease or frustration or confusion. The name of Jesus is above every name that's named in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Every name, every name is below the name of Jesus. Every name is below the name of Jesus. Every name at the name of Jesus will bow and will confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that people are being set free, people are being healed, that the work of the Lord is at work here. And we thank you that you've stopped here this morning, Holy Spirit, to manifest Jesus and the reality of your presence, the very awe of God. Under your wings, 
Under your wings, we are protected. We're safe. We're covered. Thank you for drawing us to you. Thank you for putting your heart in us for divine pleasures of you. That we manifest the love and joy and peace of Holy Spirit. That you've given us sufficient grace for every need, every shortcoming, every lack, even the things that we don't even realize. Father, we thank you that you're showing us those things so that we can deal with them according to your word and by your spirit. Everything that we receive from you is your grace by faith. Your grace by faith. The anointing of God does the work. It removes all the difficulties and makes whole all those things that need to be made whole. All glory and praise and honor be to the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. All glory, praise, and honor be to the Father that sits on the throne forever. All glory to God. All glory to God. All glory to God. In the name of Jesus, the name that's high and above. Praise God. Let the people of the Lord rejoice. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Would you like them to be seated? You may be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very powerful, hallelujah, word of the Lord. Amen. Nothing more, nothing better than having the word of the living God ministered over the people of God. And then we respond to it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some ministries, all they'll do is just say, God is healing. God, you know, healing. God uh, heals his people. But we don't hear much about the word. And we need to hear what the word has to say. And then we take the word and we digest it and we let it have its perfect work. Hallelujah. It includes healing. Hallelujah. Say, Father, I receive. I receive your word. Hallelujah. That word makes me alive. Heals me saves me, redeems me, restores me, makes me whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give him another praise offering. Hallelujah. We thank him for the word. Hallelujah. And along with that in the word, when, we, uh, when God does so many things for us, isn't that right? And he sent his son Hallelujah. His only son. He's a great giver. Everyone say he's a great giver. He's a great giver of life and all that life uh, uh, has within it. And one of the things that, that he looks to us and, and he said, try me. Let me prove myself to you about certain things. And one of them is in our tithes and in our offerings. And I wanted to share from Malachi 3, 10 through 12. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouses so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the heavens for you and I will pour out such a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it all in. Try it. I'm going to say that again. Try it. Put me to the test. Isn't that amazing? 
Hallelujah. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Is that what, not what we heard earlier today? Huh? Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I, I'm just amazed that our God, okay, has done so much for us and releases such a powerful word such as this. And now he's asking for us to believe that and stand upon it and then respond to that. Hallelujah. So respond to him also in your giving. Hallelujah. So when you give today and remember the ways that we give, we have the envelopes there in the back. We also have the text to give. I used that this, uh, when I got paid uh, from our, my school, okay? I went to text to give, okay? You can do it online, okay? But whichever way, you know, just be faithful to God. Look at someone and say, let's be faithful, okay? He's faithful to us. Hallelujah, amen? Hallelujah. I want to also remind you uh, the first thing. Everyone look at this book and tell me what it says. Say it again. The awe of God. One more time. Okay. The awe of God. I always tell my kids, I'm a, those of you who don't know, I'm a school teacher. Okay. And in that, sometimes I, I, I do a little teaching as I'm saying something, you know. And uh, to understand maybe simply what awe is, is when you come into a situation or you see something that is beyond your wildest imagination and the only thing you can do is drop your jaw. That's in a simple sense, that's the awe, okay? The awe of God. God does something or he's so dramatic and so amazing and so above what you could ever amask, imagine or think and all you can do is drop your jaw and go, oh, wow, okay? The awe of God, hallelujah. And we're uh, starting our first week, as Pastor Dan had mentioned, okay? We're gonna go over the first section of that book on this Wednesday night. Everyone say, this Wednesday night, Okay, and it has seven chapters in it, and you'll want to read those seven chapters. I have five copies right there and right here uh, for you to come and get. They're about $20, you know, to help cover the cost. If you don't have that much, just bring what you have or just take it and say, I'll get it somehow or, or whatever. But uh, I am serious about this being a very vital part of the, of the child of God, is understanding how the awe of God can transform and shift and change the way you think about everything. Amen? It starts this uh, Wednesday night. And then the, the following Wednesday on the 26th, we're going to have a praise and we're going to have a worship and prayer night. Okay. And I, I know many of you have always enjoyed that. And we'll, so we're going to bring that back in. And then two nights after that, on Thursday the 27th, Friday the 28th, we're going to uh, have special services where it's just kind of like evangelism, bring in, have a, 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 a little bit of uh, teaching. Okay. And we'll see what God does. Look at your neighbor and say, we'll see what God does. Okay? But there needs to be a, a part in which we bring some to church. Okay? And so uh, don't hesitate, you know, to ask neighbors or, or co-workers or whatever, okay, to come and enjoy. Because there are some who, they go to church on Wednesday. They go to church on Sunday. Maybe they can't, you know, come uh, uh, on other times. But they could come on a Thursday and Friday. And maybe they can also bring some people. Okay? Does that make sense to everybody? If you know someone who's on the street corner or you know someone who doesn't come to church, have them come on a Thursday or Friday night. Amen. 
And then, of course, uh, uh, we'll have birthdays. Everyone say birthdays. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. We want to say happy birthday to Pastor Dan. So would you stand, sir? Okay. He's an April birthday. We have Terry Gaither there in the back. Happy birthday to you. And then we have Monica Griffin. She's in with the kids right now, but we welcome her and we say happy birthday to her. Tell her happy birthday. Take them out for a birthday dinner or something, you know, okay? And uh, I want everyone to stand. Hallelujah. This has been a good day. This has been a God day. Hallelujah. And Father, I release these wonderful family members, Father, to uh, walk in the fullness of what you have done. And that, Father, we can then release that, Father God, into our communities and to those who are around us. And we thank you, Father, for the way you will do that. And we just thank you for all that you are and what you're doing. We're just amazed and we're at the edge of our seats waiting for the next thing to to come forth, Father, what you have planned. And we're going to be right smack in the middle of it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hama, go in peace. Go in the joy of the Lord. Amen.